Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, y'all, and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. If you're listening to this episode and you didn't listen to my prior episode, I highly, highly, highly recommend you go back and listen to that. I got lucky enough to have the chance to interview and talk with Steve Wiseman. He was a guest last week. Steve Wiseman, he's the host on the Tennis Channel. He's been around the game for a long time. He goes to Roland Garros, London for, for Wimbledon. He's going soon, I believe, and there's just... He's been around the game. He knows a lot about the sport, and he was a great interview, great to talk to. If you didn't listen to that, go back and listen to that before we get into this week's podcast, then come back to this episode because we have a ton to talk about when it comes to grass court. We haven't really talked about grass court yet. We went clay court, and then Steve Wiseman came on. We talked about a whole variety of things, and now we're going to finally get to some grass court. Grass is an interesting time of year, and every year I talk about this, but grass is so interesting because... One, a lot of players don't have a lot of time to play on grass before Wimbledon, right? Before a Grand Slam, because they go right from Roland Garros and then they have like three or four weeks, maybe, to play a few grass court tournaments and then they go right into Wimbledon and then it's over, right? Like it doesn't last very long. There's not a lot of courts in the world that are grass, not a lot of tournaments in the world that are grass. And it goes quick. And all the grass plays a little differently, right? Some of it's thicker. Some of it's thinner. Some of it's more flat. Some of it's more bouncy. You know what I mean? Like, they're all different. So grass court is a very, very interesting season. And Wimbledon is literally just around the corner. Now, I will warn you, at the end of this week, I'm going to try to get another Wimbledon podcast out before I head on vacation. I am heading on vacation for Wimbledon. I'll try to stay updated on Twitter. I will get more into that in the next episode right before I fly out, which is later, later this week. But hopefully the draws come out before I fly out and I can talk about those. But I want to talk about right now, Carlos Alcaraz. I talk about Carlos Alcaraz on this episode or on this podcast, I feel a lot, but he deserves it. He keeps winning, keeps winning, keeps winning, keeps having great tournaments and great success and now he can call himself a champion on grass he won his first ever grass court title in London at the since championships and he's truly becoming one of the best players obviously of his generation but really in the world at this time now this tournament at Queens has a lot of big names in it and it's in London a couple weeks before Wimbledon so a lot of players like to play here and then stay there in London but there's no shortage of talent. You look at guys like Grigor Dimitrov, Tommy Paul, Francis Tiafo, Sebastian Gorda, uh, Alexi Popperin, Cam Nori, Alex de Manure. Uh, you keep going down the list here. Lorenzo Musetti, Taylor Fritz, uh, Holger Runa. Holger Runa is the two seed in this. So there's a lot, a lot of talent in this tournament. Obviously, Carlos Alcaraz, the one seed, just came off of a great tournament he had at Roland Garros in a great clay court swing, comes into grass, and wins immediately. Goes through Laheka, goes through Grigor Dimitrov, he goes through Sebastian Korda, and then the final, he beats Alex de Manure 6-4, 6-4. Carlos Alcaraz now has 11... Gra- Sorry, I almost said that wrong. Carlos Alcaraz now has 11 titles on tour. He is ranked at world number one. It's kind of been a back and forth between him and Novak Djokovic over the last like, you know, 
eight, nine months or so. He's back at world number one. He's 20 years old, has 11 titles, and now has one on every single surface. A guy sent out a tweet yesterday. Uh, Luigi, it looks like, Gatto, says Roger Federer needed four years and 32 matches to win a grass court title. Nadal needed five years and 38 matches. Djokovic needed six years and 48 matches. Carlos Alcaraz needed two years and 11 matches. What this guy is doing on tour is remarkable and I've said this many times before but in his interview after he won this tournament they asked him I don't know what they asked him but he pretty much said tennis is my life I love the sport of tennis and I'm solely focused on that sometimes when people get famous or they start making a lot of money for the sports they play that love for the game can you know become distant and money and business opportunities and the lifestyle can take over. Not for Carlos Alcaraz. I don't know how much money he has. I don't know what his endorsement deals are. But I do know he wins a ton of tournaments and makes a lot of money. And the fact that his sole focus is still 100% on tennis, one, is awesome to hear. Two, great for fans and the sport. He is so fun to watch. And he's so good at tennis. He wins in cinch, moving into Wimbledon. A lot of momentum. Rank world number one. He'll probably be the top seed at Wimbledon. And it's, you know, we're going to have to wait and see whether he runs into Novak Djokovic or not. That's going to be the big challenge that lies ahead of him when it comes to what's going on at Wimbledon. We're going to keep going right through this podcast here and getting to a lot of other headlines around the sport right now. There was also another tournament in Halle during this time, during the Cinch Championships that were going on in London. There was a tournament going on in Halle. Not as big of names. This one's in Germany, so it's not necessarily close uh, to London and Wimbledon, but it's also a great tournament. It's an ATP 500. There are a ton of big names in this tournament as well, and there's a there's a good showing. Roger Federer was there for you know an opening day or whatever the case may be. Daniil Medvedev's in this tournament as the top seed. Roberto Batista Agu, Andre Rublev. You got guys like Hubie Hercoc, Borna Chorich. Uh, let's keep going down. You got Yannick Sinner, the four seeds. Farov. Stefano Tsitsipas, Lloyd Harris, Shapo, Dominic Team. I mean, a lot, a lot of names, okay? Uh, the one and two seed get upset. Two seed, Stefano Tsitsipas, he loses pretty much in the sec- right away in the second round to Nicholas Jerry. Unfortunate and weird tournament for Stefano Tsitsipas, to be honest, for him to lose that early. I know Tsitsipas is now dating Paula Bedosa. If you don't know about that, because we haven't talked about that on the pod, that's a power tennis couple going on right now. We're going to move on. Daniil Medvedev in the third round, the quarterfinals, loses to Roberto Batista Agut. Andre Rublev continue to be impressed by how he plays. He's the three seed. He goes through Hanfman. He goes through Greek Spore. Then he goes through Batista Agut to make the final. But here is the big kicker. Alexander Bublik wins this tournament. Outstanding week by Alexander Bublik. You always think of Bublik as, you know, the guy that entertains and... You know, he's good at tennis, but you, whenever you see highlights of him, it's not him actually making highlights. It's him entertaining or doing something, right? With this win, it's his second career title. He won at Montpellier, and now he's won at Halle on grass. He's won on hardcore and grass. This is a great win for Bublik. Will he go on to, you know, make the semis at Wimbledon? I don't think so. Probably not. But is this win awesome for him? especially given the field that there was? Absolutely. You look at Medvedev, Rublev, Sitsipas, Varev, all those guys are in this tournament, and the guy that wins it is Alexander Bublik? 
Awesome win for Bublik. Second ever win. His first one was in 2022 on hardcourt, like I just mentioned. So it seems like the last couple of years he's really come into his own. He's always been fun to watch, always been an entertainer. And now he's starting to win some tournaments, which is, you know, fun to see. Now there's a little, there's about a week left until Wimbledon, right? I don't know when the draws are going to come out. I already said I don't know, but I'm going to try to get another podcast out right before. Uh, I am going overseas. I am going on a vacation. I'll talk about it more next time. But uh, before we get there, Eastbourne is going on. That is in Great Britain as well. That's in ATP 250 in Mallorca. There's a Mallorca Championships ATP 250 going on right before Wimbledon starts on July 3rd. Wimbledon's going to be so fun to watch. These are the matches at these tournaments. I'm not terribly concerned, you know, who wins or loses these titles because everything's a lead-up to play your best at Wimbledon. A couple of things of news I want to get to. Um, it looks like I haven't looked into this because I haven't watched the second part of Breakpoint, but it looks like I did see a clip of Sitsipas saying that you know, tennis is a gentleman's game, and Nick Kyrgios plays it like a basketball player and how all that stuff, right? There was some drama between Sitsipas and, and Kyrgios that carried on through the Netflix series, and Sitsipas released a statement, and I'm not going to lie, it's so long I didn't even read it. Um, it looks like, it, I don't know if it's an apology um, or what it is, but it's extremely long and so it seems not worth my time i apologize i should be reading that but i'm not moving into wimbledon it looks like elena rabakina has pulled out of a warm-up event in uh the eastbourne tournament uh sparking concerns about her fitness ahead of uh this year's third grand slam which is wimbledon so uh would love for her to win that tournament again i think she absolutely can and she plays fantastic on grass, so hopefully she gets better there. The biggest piece of news I want to get to, and this episode is a little bit shorter, but you know I just want to get straight to the point. We had a great episode last week, and we're going to talk a little bit about Wimbledon here in the next episode, but I just wanted to catch up on things that were happening here. Uh, the Financial Times, which uh, says big stories and breaking news headlines as they are published on FT.com, which is the fin Financial Times, has 5.6 million followers and is verified on Twitter. So I'm guessing they're pretty legit, and there's been some pretty legit retweets. Uh, men's Tennis Tour in talks with Saudi Wealth Fund about joint investments is the title. I don't know what that means, right? Like, I, I don't know if that's they just want to invest in the ATP Tour, right? and maybe bring more to Saudi Arabia, or if they want to buy the ATP tour, or what it means. But definitely raises some eyebrows, especially with everything going on with Live Golf and, and the PGA and everything going on in golf with you know Saudi Arabia and, and all the money that happens over there, bringing it into, you know, I don't want to say Western athletics, but kind of Western athletics. So something to keep an eye on. I was a little surprised. I hadn't heard anything about Saudi Arabia and uh, maybe the Saudi Wealth Fund looking to get involved in tennis when this whole golf thing happened, but it looks like it's kind of happening right now. So that's what happened this week. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz, outstanding, outstanding stuff. He continues to be a weapon on the, on the tennis court, and it's going to be fun to watch him moving forward into Wimbledon. Appreciate you for listening. Sorry, it's a little shorter episode. I'll try to get another one out this week, like I mentioned. And watch a little bit of tennis, ATP 250s right before Wimbledon. Appreciate you. Adios.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.